0: Today, I'm doing something a little different from my usual guest interview. I've asked my friend, Ebony Allard, who's an award-winning coach, author, artist, and podcast host to come and share with us her real-life experience of a crisis in her business. You'll hear us discussing the experience as she remembers it, interspersed with real recordings from her social media from the happening. As you're listening to it, I really want you to put yourself in her shoes and ask yourself what you would have been doing in that moment. If you stick around to the end, we're going to wrap up with what she's done differently in her business now and the lessons she feels like she's learned from this experience. I suggest that if you have little ears around, you may want to pop some headphones in as there are some adult themes to this episode, as well as some adult language. So let's dive in. So Ebony, tell me a little bit about how you found out that something had happened in your business. I was doing that thing that I tell
1: all my clients not to do. So I was lying in bed on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) scrolling and uh, yeah don't do that don't do that and this is why so I woke up leaned from my phone opened Facebook some kind of message came up I didn't really understand it I only had one eye open it was like 6am I hit no yes I don't even know and in that moment I then got locked out of my Facebook account and so I then went into Instagram and I also got kicked out of there and that is how I first knew that something was up. So I kind of got dressed and I came downstairs and I went to my laptop and I sat and I tried to get into my Facebook that way. And I I, I couldn't get in.
0: So what was that very first emotion? You've actually sat down at your laptop and gone Oh, it wasn't I was just too tired and I input my password wrong. It wasn't just, oh, I couldn't see on my phone. It was I have lost access to what was a very big and engaged community for you.
1: It was. It was actually. And it was something I had spent a lot of time and energy and effort and money building. I had a, you know, I still have, but I had a blue tick. You know, it was. it was a big deal. And it's interesting because panic and fear and The thing I remember the most is feeling as though someone had broken into my house. I had that same feeling. I don't know whether you've ever had anyone break into your house or into your car or something like that, but it's a very strange feeling of your privacy having been um, invaded and that people have got their hands on your stuff. and And I was terrified that someone was pretending to be me and that my friends would believe it, that my clients would believe it, that they might give money. Like I was just really anxious and scared and and a bit kind of confused of how how could this happen right but like not being able to get hold of anybody like if your house or your car gets broken into you know who to phone you phone the police right and you say this happened and and they tell you what to do next actually they take control of the situation and they tell you what the steps are that piece was missing from my experience and that made it very, very difficult to know how to feel or what to do, right? And, and to also have these feelings of like,
0: is this even important?
1: <laughs> Should I even be this upset,
0: right? So you're assuming you've been hacked because you can't get into everything. Let's talk about that immediate day. What did it look like? What were you trying to do? The first thing I really wanted to do was to
1: disconnect any credit card or PayPal from my ads account because I was really scared that that's why they'd got in, that they were going to run up a massive bill on my Facebook ads account. Um, So I managed to do that by getting in touch with the other admins on my account and going in and getting them to block everything and also getting them to – and so it turns out at this point, and I think they've changed the infrastructure because this was quite a while ago, but you could get into the – business account like the ads account part was different from the profile so where they they (laughs) had got in they had control of my personal profile and of my um business profile as a result and they hadn't actually and they didn't actually care about my ads account which was really interesting I was like, where, where, what are they trying to steal from me? Right. Like this was the list, right. In my head, it was like, what are they trying to steal? Like, what is, no one wants my photos. No one wants my la, 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 la. Right. So the first place I went was ads account, right. They want to spend. And then the second place I went after that, after we disabled all of that was I realized that my account was blue ticked and that that's, and, and had, um, a large following. I was able to get back into my Instagram. So I went on Instagram and I went live. Hi guys. Um, Today's been a very weird day. So my Instagram was disabled and shut down and my Facebook is still been disabled and shut down, which means that I'm not going to do the sum up of Youpreneur for you today, but I will tomorrow. Uh, I don't know why it was shut down. It says it's for terms and service. I I literally have no idea. Um, I've done all the things that I can do to try and reinstate it. But if you're trying to get hold of me on Facebook, I can't get in. So yeah, that's what is going on. Uh, right now, I'm just really happy that I've got my Instagram back. That is really cool. So hey, yay! Uh, but it means that I'm not going to do a, ri- a roundup of Youpreneur, and it means I'm behind on a bunch of other admin and stuff. Sorry. So I had an account that had a large number of people, but not enough followers for Instagram for Facebook to care about me. Right? Like, there's a there's got to be some kind of hierarchy. I didn't have my own ads manager. I didn't have an account like person. Um and so I couldn't get hold of every, anybody. Also, they would say, it's fine, you just go into Facebook and um, complain through that process. I'm like, I can't get into Facebook. They're like, yes, yes, here's the link. I'm like, no. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for all of your support around the Facebook thing. Um, it, is, you know, it is one of those things. Facebook is um, able to do that to us with our accounts. I have still been disabled. Which means that I'm currently locked out of all of my groups, all of my accounts. I, um, if you had messages with me or we've been interacting, the whole lot's been dis- deleted. Um, the best way to get hold of me right now is on here. Please tell anyone that you know that my that might be looking for me or trying to engage with me in some way. As you can probably imagine, it was a bit of a shock. And um, last night I was quite upset and quite sad about it. Um, I do believe that it will be resolved. I do believe that there is a reason and that we'll work through it and that we'll come out stronger and better and better connected. Um, Just bear with me. More I've been than I realised I'd be dealing with right now. So what actually happened was I couldn't get into Facebook at all. I've since learned, so I couldn't see my page at all, but everybody else could still see my page. And so one of the things I learned was that you can go into your Facebook profile, like your page profile settings and make it only available in some countries. And what they'd done is they'd turned off Europe, America, Australia, um, England, and they changed my picture Um for uh, an Indian porn star and then they, uh, I don't even know how, but they switched out hundreds of my followers for um, people that would be interested in that, let's say. And then using that profile with a blue tick, they went into Facebook groups, very specific types of groups, um, and were selling initially sex and then, guns and other weaponry and at that point I got a phone a call from and I don't even know how but I got um, a phone call from a federal investigation division somewhere telling asking me lots of questions about whether I was a terrorist essentially and whether I was trying to sell bombs and guns and that was over the like over 24 hours, it escalated very, very quickly. Um, and the only reason I found out that it was still visible in other countries was that somebody on my Instagram messaged me with a screenshot showing me that my my Facebook was for sale in um, Pakistan, Ingl- India, Bangladesh, and a couple of other countries. And they had screenshotted it. And I was able to then Um, get in touch with the police actually and say like someone stole my identity this is what they're trying to do with it what do I do and they didn't have
0: a clue. And I can remember that day and the days that followed because this wasn't a one-and-done 24 hours for you and I remember just thinking how do we help and there was like nothing anyone could do and then you were getting phone calls and text messages. Yeah so my my personal mobile number
1: was on my Facebook profile and that I hadn't been able to take that off before they sold it. Um, Yeah, so my WhatsApp was just a constant stream. And because they had put – the picture of, a, of a, a well-known I think but again like I just didn't follow it because there's some things it's better if you just don't know um but I was getting a lot of very suggestive uh, messages and lots of very very graphic photos that was um and that for me was the hardest part like being sent a lot of dick pics it was unlike anything I've ever experienced and again it's like it's it's really invasive to have people send you stuff that you didn't ask for Hi, lovely ones. Um, I'm mostly not coming on here live so that I don't burst into tears, because I'm kind of in that place right now. Um, It's a bit much, and if it was just the loss of Facebook, I'd be okay. The fact that uh, no one's got back in touch from me from Facebook, that is quite upsetting. The fact that my phone number's been published, um, along with the sale of my page, so that I'm receiving hundreds and hundreds of uh, text messages and email. is the bit that is really difficult to deal with because it's so in my face. So I can completely change my number, but they'll still be using my brand, still be using my name. And I don't really know what to do about that. So I filed with the police this morning. There's not an awful lot they can do. Um, I'm, But I have a crime reference number so that I can tell Facebook about it if they ever do get in touch with me or get back to me. Um, yeah, and I'm figuring out what to do with the business right now. What I mean by that is a lot of my business is based on community and a lot of that is based on having community spaces that we've been using on Facebook. So um, I'm really just taking this time not to act too fast, not to hurry to solve it, uh, but to check what's right for me. And when I know, you'll be the first to know. And thank you for all of your nice messages. They make a welcome respite. Thank you. I hope you are all having a lovely Monday and I will um, yeah, check out my messages from time to time today and reply to all of you. Thank you.
0: It goes back to feeling like someone had broken in, so yeah. you were already feeling violated. Then someone has also like put all of your stuff on display, making you feel even more vulnerable, and then people are coming along and using it against you.
1: Yeah, and I couldn't see any of what they were doing because they'd blocked my IP address, they'd blocked like all of this stuff, and I couldn't get hold of anyone in terms of Facebook. I didn't know what they were doing, and I think that's also, you know, it took quite a long time to understand what they wanted my profile for and what they were doing with it, and I didn't know whether it would affect my personal Uh, Facebook I didn't know whether I'd ever get my photos back I didn't know whether I'd ever get to speak to you know those people as well and so it's it was it was very upsetting very confusing and and came at a point where I had just really got Facebook working for me like I was starting my all of our lead gen system was Facebook we were doing really well that's where all of our new leads were coming from I was just about to go into launch you know it's all of those kind of things where suddenly it was like oh no those kind of 20,000 people you thought you were talking to no longer exist
0: what else have you got And so what was the resolution of all of this? Because you've gone from being like, okay, somebody else has my Facebook account. We're no longer sitting with you getting, hopefully, dick pics from all over the world. How did you resolve this in the end?
1: Just to be really clear, it took a very, very, very long time. And the only reason I got anywhere with it actually is because one of my friends in Ireland has a friend who works at Facebook. Because she was my friend through a friend, although I've never met her, I don't even remember her name. She wasn't allowed to work on the case. But from time to time, she would put the case number in to see what had happened. And I would say, nothing has happened. And she would say, oh, it's on a resolved list. And that went on for months, months and months and months. So I sent uh, an email out to my email list earlier saying that we had tried again with a different Facebook account. That's all been blocked too. So I'm not on Facebook at all anymore. If you're on Facebook, I'd really appreciate it if you'd share and just let people know what's happening so that. People don't think that I have disappeared off the face of the planet um, and just let them know that they can find me here and if you feel like messaging Facebook and asking them what the fuck then please do. <laughs> Thank you. So essentially what happened is eventually it was resolved for them because eventually I got my account back. I was able to log back into my account but my Facebook following was not my following anymore it was um it had reduced from about twenty thousand down to about six or seven thousand all of which are most of which um were a demographic that are not who i want to be showing my stuff to not your Um, ideal client avatar no not really (laughs) for many many reasons and in some ways it had also you know i don't know the algorithm stuff i don't know all of those things but um it was as though I had been shadow banned or whatever that is. Like we, we just weren't discoverable. Nothing was working or feeding through. It essentially had become a a vacant, you know, a, like an absent page, a shadow page, like just nothing, you know. So I still, I have it, you know, I've never closed it. It exists, but, um, and, and so I can use it for ads if we ever want to do them, uh, but I don't use it anymore. And I have no trust really of, facebook anymore which is interesting given that i still use instagram and it's that is hard for me actually because i would prefer not to since they took over but also instagram is my favorite platform and is um and if i'm completely honest if it has affected that reach as well and I have often thought about closing my Instagram account and starting from scratch, but it's a very difficult thing to do when you have, I, ha- I did have 10,000 followers. I now have about seven and a half. And again, I'm not sure how many of them are real, how much of them are not. Like It, it very much affected the engagement and the The relationship that I have with my audiences. We, you and I have talked before about my kind of spiritual stuff. And I think in many ways, I truly believe that the people who need to hear my message will hear my message. And that the platforms that I have um, are one of many vehicles in many ways. And I have personally experienced people that I've never seen before that have dropped into my world of like one day have gone and bought the highest level products from me. And so I don't believe that we have to rely on Facebook or Instagram or these platforms. I really do believe that the right people will find you. And it has made me much less attached to my numbers, to my engagement, to, to any of it, because actually still turning over multiple six figures, still paying my team, right? Like it's, it's, it was horrible and annoying and, but it, it created a layer between me and
0: those platforms,
1: which in some ways is good.
0: I wish we hadn't watched you go through it. Don't get me wrong, but it's incredible to have watched you go through it Mm -hmm. and to have taken something good from it. Thank you. From a pure practical perspective. Mm -hmm. So you're back on Instagram Mm-hmm. how's your Instagram security? Like, are you more aware of it? Are you like changing your password every other day? Okay. So the really practical things I did do after that, um, is we,
1: so I also, so I think I had last pass at that point, but I wasn't really using it. And I would let my assistant have my password into the password manager and la la la. No, not anymore. Um, from that day, everybody, you know, I, I um, Everybody has their own accounts. Uh, we can track exactly who has logged in, when and where. I am really clear about everyone having their own passwords. I use uh, like two-factor authentication on everything. Um, in fact, we, just as we came onto this call, I was like, I've changed phones and now I need to log into my, to, like I need to check, find my password generator. Ah. But yeah, that stuff is is for me part of being a grown-up now.
0: Yeah, you have so much authentication now that you can't even get in. No, I can't.
1: (laughs) I have one master password and nobody knows that password apart from me. And all the rest are, you know, are, are set into when they auto update themselves after a number of times or whatever. Yeah. There's two other things that I would say, right? Like, one, if you're really. Someone who is conscious about their audience and and wants to be in touch with their audience, remind your audience of that as well, right? Let them know that if they want to be in touch with you, that a text list or an email list is the best way to do that, so that you can really save that information from time to time, and also actually save that information from time to time, right? And the second thing that I want to share is that the life is long, you know. Like the reason I don't remember it is because it was a, a, a while ago now, right? A couple of years and. I'm still here and I'm moving forward and doing different things. And I think that when we are really focused on our businesses working for us tomorrow, (laughs) um, things like this are really scary. But when we know that we're in it for the long haul and we know that technology shifts and changes and what you used last year is no one's using anymore. And now we're like, one year we're all using Snapchat, now we're all using TikTok, now the next one's doing this one. And so for me, a little bit of that attitude is, Yeah, it's really sad, upsetting, frustrating, annoying more than anything to have spent hours of my life trying to get something back so I could get my pictures out of it. Um,
0: But technology changes. So good so well adjusted from this experience. Having watched you go through it, it was completely graceful the entire time, even when you were in the eye of the storm. And it's a pleasure to have watched you come out the other side with essentially no real impact on your results or your impact in the world. This has been great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you talking so openly about it. And I hope that... People listening to your story will stop for a moment and think about how something maybe not as dramatic as this, but something like this could happen to them and that they will take the steps that you have suggested. Thank you. If you've listened to this episode and you're thinking, oh, this is kind of scary, I want to invite you to make a plan for the things that you can't plan for by joining my live workshop on May 18th. I'm going to talk you through what a crisis is and why it's not what you expect. I'm going to introduce you to entrepreneurs just like you who've had things happen in their business. And we're going to walk you through how they survived it and what they would do now. And we're going to talk about my simple step-by-step process to build a plan for the things that you can't plan for so that you have peace of mind when your head hits the pillow or the ish hits the fan head to dianmayer.com forward slash plan if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review